Hello and welcome to the Rob Burgess Show. I am, of course, your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our 135th episode, our guest is me. My first solo episode of the podcast was episode 41. The second one was episode 62. The third was episode 84. The fourth was episode 117. And the fifth was episode 131. And on episode 100, I was joined by my wife and regular guest, Ash Burgess, who interviewed me. I am a nine-time award-winning journalist whose work has appeared in print, radio, online, and television. I am currently news editor of Nuvo, where I was also a freelance reporter and photographer back in 2010 and 2011. Before that, I was managing editor of the Indiana Lawyer and city editor, opinion page editor, editorial board member at the Kokomo Tribune. I have previously worked as a reporter at WFHB, Times Mail, The Reporter Times, Ukiah Daily Journal, and Ukiah Valley Television. Oh yeah, and I'm also the proprietor of the podcast, The Rob Burgess Show. And now on to the show. All right, yes, welcome to The Rob Burgess Show. It is me, it is I, once again. Uh, usually wait longer between ones where I just do a solo episode, but... I uh, have a lot to tell you about from uh, my trip to Philadelphia. I went there for a journalism conference, and I will talk more about that on another episode, but I got plenty to talk about uh, from Philadelphia that doesn't have anything to do with that. So what happened was I uh, got there the day before the conference. I took the earliest flight in uh, to Philadelphia I could, and I got there at about quarter till 10. I took a train from the airport. Uh, to downtown, uh, got off at the Mütter Museum near there, and that is what I'm going to talk to you about today, uh, because I was not allowed to take pictures in there, uh, but I did ask, and they did allow me to record audio as I went through the museum. Now, I went to a whole bunch of other stuff that day. I walked through Philadelphia City Hall. I uh, got a cheesesteak, a piece of steak, actually, at Sonny's, uh, which is in kind of old town Philadelphia. Then I went to the National Museum of American Jewish History because that was right next to uh, where Independence Hall was and in the Liberty Bell. I walked through Reading Terminal Market. I did not get to eat anything out of there, sadly, but I could spend a long time trying to eat stuff out of there. It looked really good. Then I walked by uh, Robert Indiana's Amour, uh, which is kind of a counterpart to his love statue that is uh, on display here in Indianapolis. Then I went to Eastern State Penitentiary. I saw Al Capone's cell. I went to the art museum. I got my picture taken next to the Rocky statue with my arms in the air, of course. Um, I got to walk by the Rodin Museum. I got to see the Thinker. And uh, yeah, so all, but all that I got to take pictures of. So I don't, I don't need to talk about that too much more. But what I do want to do is I want to play you the audio from when I walked through the Mütter Museum. Now, again, I could not take pictures in there, and I understand why. And you'll understand why very quickly. I have not stopped thinking about the Mütter Museum since I went. It is a very affecting museum, and it uh, really makes you think about your own life and mortality and the fact that we're all just animals. Uh, and you'll get that sense very quickly. If you stick around after you hear me walk through the Mütter Museum, then I will provide uh, more detail about some of the things that I walked by. Um, and this is all from the Mütter Museum's website, which is M. U T T E R M U S E U M dot org. And all this stuff is available there, but I just want you to hear my initial reaction to seeing all the exhibits that I could see in the Mooner Museum. 
Full disclosure, I only spent about half an hour there. I had a lot to see that day. And also, I kind of felt like I got it. Uh, if I was somebody that was more comfortable with seeing uh, those things that I saw, uh, I probably would have stayed longer. Maybe if I go to go back, I will stay longer. The shock value will maybe have worn off by that point. I probably spent like a half an hour total, but I feel like I got the whole experience. I, there was a few things that I wish I could have stared at longer. But um, anyway, uh, I now present to you uh, my tour of the Mütter Museum with some parts cut out because <laughs> honestly, a lot of it was me walking around with my jaw just on the floor and just my mouth open, slack jaw, just looking at what was before me. So anyway, you'll hear what I saw and then come back afterwards. It's about 12 minutes or so uh, after you get to the end. Uh, keep listening and I will tell you more about what I saw because honestly, I was speechless for a lot of the time. It was uh, a lot to take in. So anyway, here is the Mütter Museum. All right. Hello. I am here at the Mütter Museum in Philadelphia. Right now, I am looking at a person. The soap lady. She is saponified. Body undergoes chemical changes that transform body fat into a substance called adipocare. Yikes. Okay. Wow. I am looking at a brain. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was looking at a brain. Sorry, I was speechless for a moment. Looking for a big picture. I'm looking at a big picture of Thomas Dent Mütter. Um, surgeon. Oh my goodness gracious. Looking at <laughs> display, and the display says moist gangrene of the hand. And it's just a hand floating in a jar. We have a lower leg and foot with the bones you can see. Some hip bones. Hmm. We have a death mask of a man named John Hunter. Um, and now I'm looking at a wall of human skulls. Um, apparently you can adopt one. Uh, all of them have been adopted, apparently, by people. Okay, so... This is amazing. Just row after row of human skulls. Uh, just read some of the cards here. Southern Carpathians. Gregor Sipnik, age 15. Died of tuberculosis in the charity hospital in Vienna. Frontal bossing. And the skulls have things written into them, which I assume is how they identify them. But they have cards underneath them now. Francisca Secore, famous Vietnamese, Viennese prostitute, died in the general hospital of meningitis. Prominent temporal lines continued to the frontal lobes. Oh my goodness. We have a Romania, Acrylic Urindagia, age 13, cabin boy, died of cholera in a hospital in Berea, Romania. Oh, my goodness. Brack Island, Dalmatia, Don Tazo, age 29, sailor, 
That's all it says for him. My goodness gracious. Whoa, we have a skull from the tomb of the kings. Sakareth, Egypt. Um, wow. This is truly an amazing place. Human skin tattoos. I'm looking at a clown and a cross with Jesus on it and a flag and a person standing next to it in a gravestone. Wow. What? No, 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 no. There's a wax model of a human horn and there is... Okay. <clears throat> Human horn, approximately 20 centimeters in length, removed from a 70-year-old woman after seven years of growth. <sighs> Have some wax models of things. Okay. Um. <laughs> this place is absolutely insane. Okay. We have skeletons, just whole skeletons. Just hanging. You're in a section called Bodies at War. I'm looking at a two-headed fetus right now. There's just nothing to say at some of this stuff. It's just... Oh my goodness gracious. It is a fetus with anin... Cephalae and spina bifida. Holy moly. Okay, I've looked all around the top floor and now I'm descending the staircase. And we are going to see some other things. Oh my goodness. We have, um,. Skeletons of dwarves. Mary Ashbury, three, six, three feet six inches tall, weighs at 84, 86 pounds. She found a home in a house of prostitution in Norfolk, Virginia. In the spring. Oh, I should probably tell this guy what's going on. Uh, I told him this, but I'm recording audio, and he said that's okay. Yes, didn't want you to wonder. Anyway, this is Mary Ashbury, three feet, six inches tall, weighed 86 pounds. Um, un, unable to... Oh my goodness gracious. Okay, so I just read the thing and she was unable to deliver and it was a botched c-section and she died and now that she is here looter american giant Gig giganticism uh, they bought it for fifty dollars in 1877 Wow. 
The terms of sale identify that no questions be asked, but might lead to its identification. Second tallest skeleton display in the world. Wow, it's very tall. Oh my goodness. Case of the giant growth of the colon causing coprotosis. Ugh. Okay. Oh my goodness gracious. Now they show, they're showing what happens to your skeleton when you get corseted, and it's awful. I've always been against it. Okay, we got some wax models here. Some more skulls. These have much less description. Just says open bite. I assume they're just talking about teeth here. Hmm. It's skeletal disorders now. Spine. Fetal skeleton. <sighs> a skeleton of a man named Harry Eastlack. He has giant, giant toes. Spinal column. We have an intestine. Stomach. Now we're into slices of brain. In the spinal cord. Wow. We got a liver. A lot of livers. Stomach. Mm. Does it even freak you out anymore? Yeah, no. I don't know. Especially my first time here, but no. How long ago was that? Uh, my first time here was uh, today. What? Yeah. This is your first day? Yeah, we're seven job here. Oh, really? Yeah, here now. <laughs> Maybe they just haven't shown you the really good stuff yet. <laughs> uh, I mean, I took a toll all around. Uh-huh. A lot of things are creeping out. Okay. It kind of must be me being a horror fanatic. It's not a lot of things creeping out. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> well, have a good first day. <laughs> Talked to a security guard who was on his first day on the job, in case you didn't hear that. Oh, okay, well, we have a fetus with silicosoma. Um, wow. Fetus with talipomanus, a club hand deformity of the forearm. <sighs> oh, wow, there's a heart. Several hearts. <laughs> this says dried skeleton of a child. Indeed. Plaster cast of a person. Giant tumor on their face.
somebody with spinal deformities. Bunch of brain slices. Slices of brain. Amazing. Alright, well, I'm gonna wrap up, but hopefully you got a sense of this place. It is truly amazing. And you should definitely come if you have a chance. All right. Hey, it's Rob in the future again. Uh, so we're going to talk about some of the things that I briefly mentioned in my walkthrough uh, tour of the Mooner Museum. Uh, so the first thing is the Soap Lady. The Soap Lady is the name given to a woman whose body was exhumed in Philadelphia in 1875. The specimen is unique because a fatty substance called adipocore encases the remains. Adipocare formation is not common, but it may form in alkaline, warm, airless environments, such as the one in which the soap lady was buried. The first x-rays taken of the soap lady in 1986 revealed buttons and pins on her clothing that were not manufactured in the United States until the 1830s. Dr. Joseph Leedy, known as the father of American vertebrate paleontology, procured the body of the soap lady after she was exhumed at a Philadelphia cemetery. He originally reported that she died in the Philadelphia yellow fever epidemic of the 1790s. Based on her lack of teeth, Leedy assumed that she had died in middle or old age. Leedy was wrong about her year of death. A radiology team from Quinnipiac University led by Jerry Conlogue and Ron Beckett made a new set of digital and print x-rays in 2007. These images have allowed us to revise the soap lady's age at death from about 40 to significantly younger, perhaps in her late 20s. After the soap lady, I talked about uh, Thomas Dent Mooter. 1811 to 1859. A physician, professor, and fellow of the college, in 1858 he bequeathed his entire teaching collection of more than 1,700 objects and specimens to the college, along with a substantial endowment. These objects became the core of the Mooner Museum, and today the museum has more than 25,000 objects in the collection. All right, and then when I talked about the Wall of Skulls, that was the Hertel, spelled H-Y-R-T-L, Skull Collection. The Mütter Museum acquired this collection of 139 human skulls from Viennese anatomist Joseph Hertel, 1810-1894, in 1874. His work was an attempt to counter the claims of phrenologists who held that cranial features were evidence of intelligence and personality and that racial differences caused anatomical differences. Hurdle's aim in collecting and studying the skulls was to show that cranial anatomy varied widely in the Caucasian population of Europe. And then I talked about a few things, uh, including the human horn. This dried specimen from the Mütter Museum collection was removed from a 70-year-old woman. It was her second horn growth, and she had it for seven years before it was removed. It is 20 centimeters, about 8 inches long, and was donated to the museum in the 1940s. Cornu cutaneum growths, or cutaneous horns, look similar to animal horns, but they have a different composition. They are compacted keratin protrusions of lesions that most often occur on areas of the body commonly exposed to the sun, like the face, hands, and forearms. About 60% of the reported cases of cutaneous horn lesions are benign. Women older than 50 who have had long-term sun exposure are more likely to have these growths than men. 
The earliest well-documented case of a human cutaneous horn dates to 1588 and was that of Margaret Griffith, an elderly Welsh woman. Another famous case is that of 17th century Englishwoman Mary Davis, an aging widow who had horns on the back of her scalp. She was exhibited in London as a natural wonder. The Mutter's own wax model of Madame du Mouche, sculpted from life and shown to the right of the human horn, shows the face of an elderly woman with a large horn protruding from the top of her forehead and hanging down in front of her face. Her horn measured nearly 25 centimeters, or 10 inches long. All right, so then I talked about a few more things, and then I think I mentioned a giant colon. And this is pretty appropriately named because it is called the Giant Mega Colon. This colon belonged to a 29-year-old man who had complained of constipation most of his life. The condition he endured is known as congenital aganglionic megacolon, or Hirschsprunger's disease. It occurs when nerve cells in parts of the colon fail to develop and make it difficult for waste to move to the rectum. A ganglionic means without nerve cells. The subject was a normal infant up to the age of 18 months, with the exception of a rather large abdomen, coupled with irregularity of bowels and some constipation. His condition progressed with the severity of the constipation increasing along with the size of his abdomen. By the age of 16, he would go up to a month at a time without any bowel movements. At 20, he was exhibited at a dime museum as the windbag or balloon man. During this man's lifetime, doctors knew that this ailment was not a tumor, but rather a defective colon. Surgery to identify and fix the cause would have been extremely risky. He ultimately died of the condition and was found dead in a bathroom where he was attempting to pass waste. In Hirschsprunger's disease, only a small section of the colon is usually affected, but the body is unable to transfer normal amounts of waste to any point below the affected section. Chronic constipation ensues. This condition occurs in one out of every 5,000 to 8,000 births. However, today it is usually identified soon after birth because the baby will have a distended bowel. It is easily corrected with surgery in which the affected portion of the bowel is removed and the good ends, quote-unquote, are sewn together. And then I also spoke about uh, Harry Eastlack. This is the skeleton of Harry Eastlack, 1933 to 1973. Actually, you see two skeletons, the one that Eastlack was born with and the one that formed from his skeletal muscles and other connective tissue as he aged. Eastlack had a rare disorder called fibrodysplasia ossificans progressivia, or FOP. It is caused by a genetic mutation that transforms connective tissue, such as muscle, ligaments, and tendons into bone. This results in progressive fusion of all the joints in the skeletal system. It occurs only in about 1 in 2 million births, and most cases are due to spontaneous genetic mutation rather than a heritable one. FOP is difficult to diagnose because there are no visual signs at birth except for malformed great toes. Diagnosis usually occurs after the body begins creating bone following an injury or illness. 
First, the affected muscle becomes inflamed, then destroyed, then replaced with bone. Surgery to remove excess bone will worsen the condition. Unfortunately for Eslack, this was not known when he was young. He endured several surgeries to remove excess bone, which only worsened his condition. By age 15, his jaw was permanently fused, and he could no longer eat solid food. He died of pneumonia at age 39 after having spent years bedridden. Eastlack requested that his skeleton be used to help scientists understand more about FOP. Researchers refer to the skeleton frequently, and it has been displayed at conferences attended by researchers and people who have FOP. That was my trip to the Mütter Museum. You should definitely go if you have the chance. It's hard to describe exactly what it's like unless you've been. And uh, I think uh, unless you're completely squeamish, I think you could probably get something out of it. So anyway, I'm sure I'll be back on another solo episode soon uh, to talk about lots of other stuff. But I just want to share that with you. Until next time.
If you enjoy this podcast, there are several ways to support it. Join the Rob Burgess Show mailing list. Go to tinyletter.com forward slash the Rob Burgess Show and type in your email address. Then respond to the automatic message. I have a Patreon account, which can be found at patreon.com forward slash Rob Burgess Show Patreon. I hope you'll consider supporting in any amount. Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review everywhere the podcast is available, including iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Facebook, Twitter, Internet Archive, TuneIn, and RSS. The official website for the podcast is www.therobburgessshow.com. You can find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. And if you have something to say, record a voice memo on your smartphone and send it to therobburgessshow at gmail.com. Include voice memo in the subject line of the email. Until next time.